Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to 93 WIBC Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your behatted broadcaster, Ethan Hatcher, happy to return to the airwaves where, unfortunately, Republican leadership has failed its first significant test only weeks after electing a new Speaker of the House. Also, the Republican lineup for uh, presidential nominees is getting thinner by the day as some candidates withdraw their candidacy and others uh, self-implode. We'll get into all that for the segment, plus a lot more. Stay tuned to 93 WIBC, where we're welcoming back, returning to the fold, the one and only producer, Carl, who is who's returned to the board i I mean last week producer gary he was like the proverbial father who stepped out uh for a pack of cigarettes and he (laughs) and he just never came back and now we have producer carl again i'm so happy you're sitting over there you're like just when i think i'm out they pull me back in they pull me back in you're like in an addiction i I can't give it up you just can't quit me. No. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you back, producer Carl. Thank and you. boy, what a wonderful week to return because we have lots of wacky shenanigans in Congress to cover, including the passing of a couple co- uh, continuing resolutions. Oh, Carl, this has got to be a record breaker for Republicans to stab their constituency in the back. I remember just weeks ago when Mike Johnson said as Speaker of the House, he was going to get runaway federal spending under control. It was going to be a big priority for uh, for his reign as a House Speaker. Looks like not. Not not only did he continue to fund the government through at least January, not one single penny. Of, of federal cuts anywhere to the budget. They are maintaining their post-COVID levels of spending, which is the same profligate spending that is fueling runaway inflation and Mike Johnson seemingly, you know, lackluster and unwilling to confront the problem. But what he, he does want to talk about, you see, on uh, MSNBC, and this is what I was afraid of, Carl. This is what I was so afraid of with Mike Johnson is where he's going to focus his priority because if it is fiscal conservatism, I'm on board baby that's what we need in washington if it's this social conservatism it if it is a theocracy count me out and this is what he had to say on msnbc where he doesn't think there's so much of a separation between church and state you see the, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer people misunderstand it of course it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that jefferson wrote it's not in the constitution and what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life it's exactly the opposite All right, well, let's turn to this handy-dandy document that we have, which outlines the structure and function of our government. What, what do we call that? Oh, that's right, the U.S. Constitution. What am I holding in my hand, Producer Carl? What am I physically holding? That looks like a, the Constitution oh, right that, there. Yep, that's right. It's a copy of the Constitution yeah. that we keep right here in the studio for easy reference here at WIBC because we revere the, the structure 
the, the, the way that our government was put together by our founding fathers. And right right here, uh, uh, amend, Amendment I. Oh, no, that's Amendment 1. Sorry. Uh, it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, Carl, do you remember what it said right there, right there at the very beginning, what, what that said? Congress shall not. Oh, that's right. Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of... That's right! Oh, oh, that's right. Establishment clause. So there does seem to be a little bit of separation there, wouldn't you say, old Mike Johnson? Now, what the, the Constitution does go into quite a bit is, for instance, the responsibilities and the legislative authority of uh, uh, the Congress and of the House in particular, where spending bills originate that means it was the republicans who belched up these continuing resolutions just before this is the most insidious thing just before the holidays producer carl this is why they did that mike johnson didn't want to address federal spending because of the holidays he didn't want to shut things down and keep everybody in over thanksgiving so they kicked the can until the start of next year and i don't have a lot of confidence it's going to get resolved then the only thing that congress is separating from us is our money yeah yeah there we go um, but uh, yes, that's, that is what Congress is doing. They're separating us from our money. And this was aptly pointed out by representative Chip Roy, who had a conniption fit on the house floor, expressing exactly this sentiment that Republicans are not accomplishing much of anything, let alone coming close to addressing their promises of reigning in runaway federal spending. This is Chip Roy, uh, just absolutely losing it. And rightly so. One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. He's out of line, but he's right. Like, can we just return to the basic planks of Republican uh, 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 Republican ideology, for lack of a better term, limited government, individual uh, freedom, constitutional values, like that's that's it. Low taxes, throw that in there. You know, these are these are the basis of the Republican Party, and it's we've lost our identity. Instead, we're focusing on these ridiculous uh, things, like like Nikki uh, Nikki Haley completely imploding her campaign, going after social media. Vivek rhymes with cake. Successfully baited her into uh, talking about social media and gave her enough rope that she hung herself, saying that now your private online interactions need to be brought into the public and all of your social media accounts need to be publicly verified and identified in some sort of pseudo 1984 crap. Here's Nikki Haley. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden and people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. Shut up! <laughs> 
silly woman. So you had Mike Johnson talking about uh, there not being so much of a separation between church and state. And here Nikki Haley says your social media interaction needs to be public so that way you could be accountable to your pastor. I'm sorry, lady. This is like your mom tracking your internet history, and I am not voting for my mom for president. So shoo, Nikki, shoo. Speaking of uh, uh, the field rapidly dwindling, Tim Scott has also called it quits. Last week surprised Trey Gowdy on his show and seems to have surprised himself when he made the announcement that he's calling it off. It's not his time. Meeting people has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I'm suspending my campaign. I, I think the voters uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me uh, not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. Oh, Tim Scott, it feels like his campaign was taken from, from us far too soon, especially when we were just starting to get juicy drops like his foreign policy to bomb Iran. You have to strike in Iran. If you want to make a difference, you cannot just continue to have strikes in Syria on warehouses. You actually have to cut off the head of the snake, and the head of the snake is Iran and not simply their proxies. Some people might be saying, oh, my gosh, killing, that's not godly. No, it's, ab it's absolutely very godly. God dealt with evil the same way. You kill it, you put an end to it, and then you can live in peace. Oh, boy, here I go killing again. So ultimately, this is exactly what needs to happen. If Republicans are going to uh, propo uh, successfully propose an alternative candidate to Donald Trump, it's important for the party to coalesce around a single alternative because the last time in 2015, the options fractured the base and it sent Donald Trump propelling to an easy victory in the primaries, which he may, may all well may already be well insurmountable due to his uh, gigantic gigantic lead but if there is going to be an alternative then we need to uh, figure this out relatively quickly and uh, Nikki uh, Nikki Haley Tim Scott not doing the trick good riddance thanks for listening to Saturday night on the circle where we've got a lot more content to come so stay tuned whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you but you tell me over and over and over again, my friend, I you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Democrats are cutting core services to, to fund the, the, the fallout from their own negligent policies, whether it's the homeless crisis in uh, cities or whether it's the illegal migrants which have flooded into sanctuary cities like New York. Now you, the taxpayer, are being asked to suffer the burden of the irresponsible policies that Democrats uh, have implemented. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher. That's producer 
Sir Carl, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. We begin, of course, with Jake Sullivan addressing the Biden administration's visit with Xi Jinping in San Francisco, where he doesn't even accept the premise that uh, the Democrats cleaned up their mess, cleaned up the poop, the human excrement on the streets uh, just to impress the communists uh, rather than take care of the residents of California. It doesn't even accept the premise, does Jake Sullivan. Does President Biden agree it's more important to impress the leader of China than the American people that live in San Francisco and pay taxes every day? First, I completely reject the premise of your question, but secondly, I don't know what the context of what Governor Newsom said, so I, I won't respond to it. You have to get out of denial. I've had failure in my life. But one thing I'm not in is denial. You're in denial. I'm not in denial. Without a doubt, she's in denial. There's so many things wrong, and yet everybody's in denial. Stop being in denial! Okay, so essentially the Biden administration decided to reward the communist Chinese after flying a spy satellite over the United States. Gotcha, and invited Xi Jinping into San Francisco. Win it up, Carl, that's inappropriate. The president of China does not appreciate it when you compare him to Winnie the Pooh. What are you doing inserting sound effects like that into the so show disrespectful. line? Oh, <laughs> we will have none of it here on Saturday night on The Circle. We have nothing but respect for the communist Chinese, as does President Joe, uh, Joe Biden, which is why they cleaned up San Francisco. And although Jake Sullivan doesn't buy into the premise that that's what it was for, Fortunately, we have Gavin Newsom to explain it in no uncertain terms. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. Oh. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC. We've been having different conversations. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He said it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. That's true because... It's true. Now, I understand that those in power have had contempt for those they feel are beneath them since institutionalized hierarchies have, have been established in a form of, uh, of government. But that being said, has it always been this severe or is it just that we're now aware of the contempt our representatives have for us because everything is recorded and now it's all caught on tape? And now we can catch these moments and and replay them for your enlightenment and, and your entertainment as well. Um, and they understand that they can get away with it, that they won't be punished. Gavin Newsom isn't going to be punished. He's not going to be replaced as governor until he steps down and decides to run for president. Um, and it's the same with these other negligent uh, Democrats, including Eric Adams, who, in addition to facing federal investigation for potential uh, election campaign violations, uh, receiving fina uh, uh, financial support from the Turkish government, allegedly, now he is punishing the citizens of New York for shouldering the bur burden of his disastrous sanctuary city policies and the policies of administrations before him. They invited the migrant crisis, and now they're... Uh, uh, cutting the government uh, uh, services, including the police, including schools, uh, in order to take care of this problem that they created. We added billions of dollars to care for the migrants. COVID funding is sunsetting, and we must close a $7 billion budget gap in the coming fiscal year. That is the reality we are facing. 
And if circumstances don't change dramatically, city agencies will be forced to reduce city funding spending by 5% two more times within the next six months. That would mean disruptions to the services you all rely on. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. There's only one solution to the problem, and it's not diverting resources to further care for the illegal migrants who have flooded your city. No, that's only encouraging the problem. You have to deport the migrants and close the border and reinstitute a a regulated and measured uh, uh, immigration policy. Like, duh, that's how governments are supposed to function. And instead, Eric Adams is asking you to suffer because of his negligent policy and the policy more broadly of Democrats, including Joe Biden. Um, But it's not just New Yorkers who are suffering under the weight of their own incompetence. It's also lost. Los Angeles, where they have this brilliant plan, you see, to solve the homeless crisis, um, because they're 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 just going to put them in the motels is what's going to happen, and they're not going to separate them into different motels or individual units. They're going to do block leasing to get uh, budget rates, and more importantly, to keep these communities together. This is the priority of uh, Karen Bass, Democrat, uh, Los Angeles mayor. Well, what we're doing is is that we are leasing motel rooms. It's a very expensive model, so we're getting ready to master lease, which means we lease the entire motel, and we go to the encampments, which are a series of 10 And what I think the general public might not realize is that in order to survive on the street, people create communities. And so instead of splitting them up, we move the entire community inside. A community-based organization takes over and provides the services. I'm sure this is a very compassionate policy that's going to cost billions of dollars and is going to further exacerbate the problem. We've played uh, sound bites on the show of uh, homeless people in California who have extolled the virtues of these policies because they're essentially paid to stay on the streets. They get clean needles, they get bailouts, they get funding from their local government, the police don't ever force them to move unless the communist dictator of China is coming for a visit and otherwise, you know, they're well cared for and they also get free hotel stays. I would hate to be the room service that has to clean up after that mess, but they get to stay together as a community. Isn't that nice, Producer Carl? Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. We've got more ridiculousness on the way. Up next, Hat Tricks with Hatcher, where we'll be playing the most ridiculous selections in sound for your amusement. All up next. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle. This is Hatricks with Hatcher. And this week, a pint-sized pundit, a star of the silver screen, threatens to throw hands with women in the crowd. Uh, We also will cover uh, Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, who has found a new connection with the youths, the millennials and Gen Xers uh, in her campaign to run as a mayor of Houston. Also, we'll be covering the administration administration's response to the ongoing war in Gaza, all for this week's edition of Hatricks with Hatcher. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. The story you are about to see is true. 
The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Carl, pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. We begin this week with uh, LeVar Burton. You may remember him from the uh, PBS show Reading Rainbow or from Star Trek Next Generation. He's been in a few things. Uh, Well, he was invited to replace uh, Drew Barrymore as the host for the 2023 National Book Awards, and he started um, the awards ceremony in a most curious way, threatening to throw hands with a certain group of women in the audience. Fortunately, they weren't present, but here was the moment. It genuinely means the world to me to join you all again on this stage to celebrate the importance of literature to our shared culture. Um, Before we get going, are there any Moms for Liberty in the house? Moms for Liberty? No? Good. Then hands will not need to be thrown tonight. Let's get nuts. Listen to the liberal soccer moms cheering in the background. And this pint-sized lib is uh, threatening to throw hands with women. Since when is it uh, politically appropriate for liberal men to threaten beating up women? What is this crap? And just because they want more oversight over their children's educational content, they want to be involved in what's going on at school. And that's what LeVar Burton is upset by enough to throw hands with women in the crowd. Now, of course, there weren't any Moms for Liberty uh, Moms for Liberty in the audience, and why would they be? Because clearly the, the audience was quite hostile to the idea of parental oversight in their children's education. So LeVar Burton, a ridiculous clown. Um, also, speaking of ridiculous clowns, Sheila Jackson Lee, you know she's running for Houston mayor uh, campaigning, and she's found a way to connect with the youths in her uh, liberal demographic by sponsoring the arts. We want to create an entertainment complex for film uh, for music for theater for the performing and visual arts and when i say that in front of our gen z and millenniums they're ready to stay and they're ready to help me build this city ready to help her build the city they're on board for the campaign just don't join her staff because she doesn't really have kind words to say to them behind closed doors okay so when i called jerome he on me sitting up there like a fat ass just an idiot talking about uh, what he doesn't know that's Sheila Jackson Lee, who feels the same level of contempt for you that does, uh, as does uh, Governor G- Gavin Newsom of California or Mayor Eric Adams or uh, Mayor Karen Bass of uh, Los Angeles. Like at every level, your politicians have utter contempt for you. And Sheila Jackson Lee doing this performative virtue signaling to try and garner the support of millennials and Gen Xers is just pathetic. Sponsoring the arts just, you know, as a shallow virtue signal uh, to get her elected. But that's the political game. Um, And in many instances, people are willing to reward bad behavior, unfortunately, it seems. Now, the administration is having to confront a problem with this wedge issue, a divorce 
provide in their base and the reality of the situation with how they are forced to deal with uh, uh, the Israeli conflict, because on the one hand, obviously bombing uh, innocent civilians is uh, uh, untenable and unacceptable. But on the other hand, uh, many of the Democrat base seems to support the carpet bombing of Jews um, uh, for, and the genocide of the Jewish people from the river to the sea. Um, you know, many of them support that kind of rhetoric. And so the administration is backed into these weird pretzels where they, uh, you know, call um, uh, the the conflict with Gaza like a complex situation because Hamas is sticking uh, 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 is sticking hostages um, and armaments in hospitals and making them targets and then that is you know is somehow. Well, it's too complex to comment on. Like, of course, this is unacceptable. This, These are terrorists behaving despicably. It's not complex. That's the easiest thing in the world to call out. But Jake Sullivan can't find it within himself because of the quandary placed uh, on the administration because of the divide uh, from the base with uh, the reality of the situation. What does the president, what does the United States want to see done with al-Shifa hospital in particular and the Hamas facilities that you now put open source intelligence saying lie under it? Well, your question points up the complexity of this conflict and the added burden that Israel is facing as it goes against murderous terrorists who continue to say their goal is the absolute destruction of the state of Israel. You're dealing with a terrorist organization, Hamas, that takes civilian uh, hostages, including little children, that uses civilians as human shields, that uses civilian infrastructure, even hospitals, in the most cynical way possible. That is, as fighting positions, as uh, military operation centers. And so Israel has to confront that while at the same time not wanting to go assaulting hospitals in firefights that could put innocent people who are getting life-saving medical care in the crossfire. It shouldn't be controversial to say that we don't negotiate with people who use hospitals and innocence as human shields. In fact, that was the United States policy for many years not to negotiate with terrorists. To give in and uh, accept a ceasefire under these circumstances is no less than to empower the bad behavior of Hamas and reward them for these tactics. It's not complicated. It just needs to be condemned and called out. And Israel needs to be empowered to handle the situation as they see fit. Like it's it's their region of the world. The United States does not to, need to involve itself with world policing. Uh, it, the situation is not as complicated as Jake Sullivan would have you believe, but the administration is backed into this corner because of their radical base. And we'll cover that uh, more in the next hour. Uh, the, the Democratic National Committee um, was uh, rampaged this week as uh, throngs of protesters broke in and then uh, police had to arrest some and uh, remove them from the building. Turns out Democrats don't like it when uh, they are occupied. They just want to occupy you. And the situation with Israel is, uh, I mean, like the administration has to admit, and there there is no refuting that the, the Hamas terrorists are using hospitals like pawns. They are using the hospitals as shields, and this was confirmed by the intelligence community, and it was affirmed by John Kirby. Kirby! That Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and to support their military operations and to hold hostages. 
They're moving hostages. They're moving armaments. They're using the hospital as a pawn in their war against the Jewish people. That's unacceptable, and you cannot reward that kind of behavior with a ceasefire, which is the stated policy of the Biden administration right now. But he did make a hilarious faux pas where there was an accidental moment of honesty coming from Joe Biden, where he admitted that Xi Jinping is, was, and is a dictator. And it was hilarious to see Anthony Blinken's reaction in the audience. It was caught on camera where he's just like shaking his head and he can't believe that this actually just happened. But, you know, we're dealing with a geriatric dementia patient uh, in the Oval Office. After today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well, look, he is a bum. That's what he is, a bum. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is uh, a country that is based on a form of government totally different than ours. Anyway. I mean, look, he said the quiet part out loud. They've been spying on the American people. They've been oppressing their own people and spying on them, tracking their movement, social credit scores, and oppressing the Uyghurs, uh, uh, the, the religious minority uh, within their country. So, yes, Xi Jinping, absolutely a dictator, which is why it was hysterical for uh, Joe Biden to so gleefully embrace a uh, diplomatic outreach. Um, in that regard. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. We've got a lot more to cover, including more people losing their minds on the airways. This time, it was a singer. It was a gospel singer, and we'll tell you about uh, her little uh, uh, ex exchange in the air uh, coming up next on Saturday Night on The Circle. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher. If you've missed a moment of the broadcast, you can catch the podcasts uploaded to WIBC.com as well as Saturday Night on The Circle.fireside.fm. Don't forget, you can always hop in the chat while we're streaming live on the YouTube feed. All right. So this happened on an airplane where a gospel singer was uh, asked were threatened with being kicked off a Delta flight because she refused to stop singing. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Flying on an airplane is not that complicated. You get your ticket, you shut up, you sit down, you sit through the flight, and then you depart. Hopefully you pick up your baggage and it doesn't get lost in this, you know, ridiculous maze of uh, luggage. I've, uh, you know, occasionally had my, my bags uh, delayed or diverted uh, inadvertently from the airline uh, when I have flown, but I've never encountered somebody who was singing on the plane and this is what gospel singer uh, Bobby Storm was doing turning the airplane into her own personal stage which it is not I want to share this with you guys I wanted to do it when I first got on the plane but I was like you know I, I haven't done this in a while I've gotten to the next status so are you to be quiet 
but they're enjoying it. So while we're sitting here, could I please? I'm not enjoying it. So I'm asking you, can you be quiet? Okay, well, that's I find yes that or, up. That's a yes or no uh, answer, please. Am I going to go to jail if I don't? Can you please answer my question? Are you willing and able to be quiet right now? I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm asking you a question, yes or no. I'm your flight leader. I need you to follow my instructions. Okay. My instructions. See, what I would be asking her right now, is the Lord with you right here? Can you see the Lord? Is he talking to you right now? Because it's one thing when you talk to the Lord. That's religion. Uh, when the Lord talks back to you, that that's crazy. That That's a mental problem. Uh, which, anyway, so she is, uh, instead of interacting with the uh, flight marshal like she should, she then starts directing to the other members of the passengers. To answer my question, are you able to be quiet? What right do you guys now? think? I'm asking you, ma'am. I'm asking you guys. What do you guys okay. think? Okay. If you're not able to be to follow my instruction, yeah. you will not be taking this flight. Ah, uh, okay. Are so you able to be asking. quiet? If that's the case, then that's fine. If you were the so person yes. in charge of it all. I'm your flight leader, yes. If you're the person in charge okay. of it all, then that's okay. fine. Okay, all right. Thank all right. you. So I'll sing it on a low for y'all in the back, if that's okay. No! All right. So the song is called We Can't Forget Them. All right, and you can download it. I don't know the, the issue. No one else has ever had an issue, but it's... Father, I thank you for each day in my life. I realize... Because I'd rather spend eternity eating shards of broken glass than spend one more minute with you be imagine being trapped on a flight with this woman for hours in the air and she's singing next to you she's claiming to have won a grammy which turned out not to have even been true this lunatic is trying to turn the airplane into her own personal stage and that's not what flight is for this is ridiculous like producer producer carl you're a bit of a world traveler i see you uploading pictures all the time on uh, your social media feeds of the places that you've been uh, world traveler that you are have you ever encountered this kind kind of lunacy on an airplane uh no but the question is is she pretty i mean i could tolerate it a little there's more there's no there's no <laughs> level of hotness that would make that worth it carl to listen to this screeching i, I mean for hours better than a screaming baby uh, I, <laughs> not by much i'd say they're in the same category and at least the baby can't control themselves and this woman should be able to she's a grown-ass adult Keep that to yourself. Take the singing to the shower. Lots of people sing in the shower. You don't sing on the airplane. That's not that's not what airplanes are for. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know what's going on because it seems like these kind of fiascos have been happening with increasing frequency. Of course, you had the lunatic, uh, that MFR isn't real, uh, you know, having, having her interaction and being asked to leave the plane. Evidently, that... Um, drama unfolded again recently uh, it was a different flight uh, and a different woman also hallucinating and claiming that someone at the back of the plane wasn't real so i don't know what's going on um again is this just a byproduct um kind of like we were talking about uh, earlier with the contempt that elected representative show is this just a byproduct of the fact that everything is being recorded now so it's not that the the, the lunacy is happening more frequently it's just that we're more aware of it and People are on social media trying to promote themselves, uh, me yeah. included. <laughs> well, sure, but is this how, is this how you chase clout by being an annoying ass? 
or, or yeah, by pretending to be psychotic. Crazy does attract a lot of followers. Well, I guess it does because now the uh, the original hallucinating woman is uh, you know on tour and uh, uh, doing podcasts and drawing attention to herself uh, as a result of this episode on an airplane. And you shouldn't reward that kind of behavior. And that's part of the reason why America is in the state that it's in because uh, unfortunately we do more often than not reward that kind of behavior but uh if you happen to find yourself on an airplane next to me please for the love of god do not sing during the flight thanks for listening to saturday night on the circle stay tuned for more we've got a lot uh, coming in the next hour including the democrats who have a massive problem on their hands with their base and how it responds and views to the nation of israel that coming up next stay tuned Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your behatted broadcaster, Ethan Hatcher. Got a lot to cover on the show this hour. If you missed a moment of the program, catch the podcast uploaded to WIBC.com plus Saturday Night on the Circle.fireside.fm and hop in the chat while we're streaming live on the YouTube machine. Uh, Oh, also, producer Carl is uh, on the board, pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. This segment, I wanted to begin with the Democrats who have a severe problem on their hands, the disconnect between reality and their base. Because, of course, since the conflict was instigated in Israel by Hamas, murdering more than 1,300 civilians, including beheading babies and burning innocents alive, um, you know, literally parachuting uh, into neighborhoods, and uh, attacking unprovoked. Well, since that has happened, uh, many on the left have deemed Israel somehow the aggressor of the situation for responding with like force and going after the Hamas terrorists. They will have none of it, you see. Uh, they demand a ceasefire, a two-state uh, two solution, uh, which is their thin veneer uh, for excusing the uh, genocidal uh, aspirations of Hamas, who chant from the river to the sea which is a, a, a mantra that you hear repeated at some of these uh, dnc protests uh, these democratic protests um at the dnc building in washington dc it was actually overrun this week by protesters who were rioting on the premises and who occupied the building uh, to voice their opposition for the administration's uh, very tepid support of uh, the israelis defense of their own national sovereignty i mean these people are nuts we're outside the dnc we're outside the democratic party headquarters because this party claims to be on the side of life and peace and equality and we're saying that we want them to live up to their values and oppose this horrific war and call for a ceasefire now and we're being responded to by the police shoving anti-war activists down the stairs shoving peaceful protesters back with their bikes and because our party our party that 80 percent of us want a ceasefire would rather beat up protesters hold on keep it one second one second one second 
Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Guys. Get everybody out of my yard! Dad. I'm on my land. We're both in America, which used to be a good country, until they started letting people like you do whatever you want. So these are your purple hair, LGBTQ for Palestine uh, uh, supporters, the people who don't seem to understand that if they ever set foot in that country would be immediately hung uh, from the neck until dead by a, uh, from a crane. Um, but But yet they're supporting the attack of Hamas on Israel. Like, this is absolutely absurd. Uh, and the Democrats have a real problem on their hands because that's a significant portion of their voting base. That is, Those are the people who are energized uh, to go out to the polls and to vote. And they are, uh, you know, in opposition to the Democrats very, you know, uh, very tepidly supporting the nation state of Israel, but they're backed into a corner because that's the only logical choice when, you're, when you have a country that is being attacked by terrorists, you cannot then support the terrorists. So the administration is being backed into a corner by its own supporters um, and the ridic uh, ridiculous uh, displays that they have. Like we had just uh, here on Monument Circle earlier, uh, some more protesters who were exercising their First Amendment rights uh, to support the murder of Jews um, congregating on the steps of Monument Circle um, just earlier today. Um, and this is happening. It's happened in London. It's happened in New York, um, where you have many of these Democrat voters uh, gathering in large numbers to oppose the administration's um, you, you know, very tepid against support of Israel. And even then, the administration is oftentimes caving uh, in a limited way to the demands of these protesters by um, uh, supporting uh, and calling for or a ceasefire which would reward the uh, murderous aspirations of these terrorists like that's that's a win for them when the ceasefire starts it is a win for the hamas terrorists but it's not limited to hamas terrorists that uh the, these uh, democrat voters show their support there's also this trend on tiktok right now where you have a lot of these uh, young Rhodes scholars who have come across articles uh, and a letter to America um, that was written by Osama bin Laden all the way back in like the year 2001, 2002, thereabouts. And then now they're supporting Osama bin Laden. But I'm not about to sit here and act like he's just the worst person in the world when America has literally been terrorizing people since the beginning of history. America is literally built on terrorizing people. When, when, um, what's his name? Whatever the guy's name is that discovered America and found the land, he lied. It's been a lie. Everything's a lie. And it's like, like, I'm not gonna, like, put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. 3,000 people died during 9 11. 3,000 people. 3,000 compared to the millions that Americans have killed in Palestine? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> of course, when you foster widespread animosity for the country, this is the natural result. This is the product of the Democrats' vine. And these people, their vote counts the same as yours. The, the folks that have sympathy for Osama bin Laden killing 3,000 Americans. And of course, 
those folks have sympathy for uh, the Hamas terrorists who killed 1,300 Israeli citizens uh, in their own 9-11 attack, including Jabal, uh, Jamal Bowman, who continues to call for a ceasefire, which he claims is uh, the, the, the definition of Judaism. It is deeply Jewish to call for a ceasefire. And I've heard what was said here this evening before, that by me calling for a ceasefire with my colleagues and centering humanity, I am uplifting deeply what it actually means to be Jewish. Because I'm centering the way in which God wants us to live with each other. So I feel grateful to be standing here. Shite. Oh, yes. That's shite. It is deeply Jewish to call for a ceasefire directly after the murder of 1,300 civilians. Like, that, of course, sounds cartoonish and ridiculous, because it is. But he didn't end there. Um, of course, he also mentioned that despite the fact uh, his conviction is deeply Jewish, he is shunned by rabbis in his own district. Thank you to the rabbis for ceasefire. Thank wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just say to rabbis for ceasefire? What's this, like chickens for KFC? What? What's this, uh, cows for McDonald's? What's next? This is ridiculous. Okay, anyway. Thank you to the rabbis for ceasefire. Thank you so ah. much for being here and being a part of this. You know, unfortunately, in my district, uh, 26 rabbis wrote a letter against me calling for a ceasefire. And I haven't been able to stand with them or, or, or visit any synagogues in my district. There's nothing wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with the universe. It's so strange that this deeply Jewish position is being unilaterally shunned by Jews in my own district. I just, I just don't understand Jamal Bowman. But, you know, you expect that from a guy who would confuse the fire alarm with the door handle. Of course, he's going to have these kinds of mix-ups where he thinks his position is deeply Jewish, and yet no Jew in his district supports it. Go figure. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Before we close off this segment, Corrine Jean-Pierre oh, <laughs> weighing in on the disconnect uh, between the administration and the base, which is showing their support for Hamas terrorists overseas. And, you know, she just chalks that up to differences within the party. Some Democrats, particularly in and around the squad, have openly disagreed with the president for being too supportive of Israel. There's also been some grassroots groups that back the president and are now indicating that this could be a deal breaker for them. Is the president worried that this will continue to be a wedge issue within the party? And why can't he get his fellow Democrats on the same page on this issue? So look, you know, in our party, there's going to be various range of agreements and disagreements and, and that's the way it is, right? That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes? That's right. It's the way she goes. Sometimes she goes, sometimes it doesn't. She didn't go. It's the way she goes. There's a range of agreement and disagreement within the party, you understand. There are those who feel it's inappropriate and unacceptable for terrorists to murder civilians and behead babies and rape women. And there are those who think that's an adequate tactic to handle the colonization by the Israelis. And so they support Hamas terrorists. Like, you know, there's there's just there's room for disagreement. Uh, uh, but between those two two crowds.
Thanks for listening to 93 at WIBC. Boy, the Democrats have a real mess on their hands. Uh, coming up uh, before the 2024 election cycle. Thanks for listening to the show. Stay tuned for more on 93 WIBC. Every town has its ups and downs. Sometimes ups. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. But not in Nottingham. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where President Joe Biden is facing a lot of pressure internally and externally with developments uh, around the nation, including, of course, the supply chain shortages, the uh, pressure, the ongoing pressure from inflation and uh, increasing uh, prices for general commodities and the ongoing uh, increasing oil prices, um, many of these issues and geopolitical conflicts with China spying on us and uh, the conflicts in Ukraine and uh, now with Israel and Hamas, uh, uh, the Palestinian terrorist uh, group. Um, lots going on uh, for the administration to be concerned with, but they let you know what their top priority is. And guess what? producer Carl. It's none of those things. None of those things make the list. Uh, instead, what the Biden administration thinks is really important to focus on is climate change and specifically money for the climate financing. That's our priority here. We contributed a lot here in the United States over the last 300 years. That's why I'm working with our Congress to dramatically increase international climate financing. And this year, the world is on track to meet the climate finance pledge that we made under the Paris Agreement of $100 billion collectively. I've also asked Congress for another $25 billion to strengthen the role of the multilateral development banks. Money, please. Oh, no, no, there's no money. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. that's fine. Um, I'll just destroy this office. Oh, hey! <laughs> money, please. Money, please. Ben, give her some money. It's easier. So this is exactly why we can't get inflation under control, because you have profligate spending from the administration on every little goody project they can think of, including climate financing. And when you print money like it's going out of style, of course, that results in precipitous inflation that is now being drastically attempted to stamp down by the Federal Reserve, who's increasing uh, 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 interest rates that's squeezing the homeowners market. Like th th this tinkering with the economy is disastrous for the average American. And Joe Biden's priorities are frankly screwed up more money for climate financing. And that's the dirty little secret here, because throwing money has never solved a climate problem. In fact, we have more climate spending than ever before, and yet it seems that this climate crisis is nowhere close to being abated, much like uh, the, the pharmacies and the COVID-19 at the height of the pandemic, uh, because they were being rewarded through the vaccines for having a crisis at hand. 
by increasing the climate funding, these scientists have every reason in the world to continue sounding the alarm on the so-called climate crisis because they are being financially rewarded. It comes down to the finances, um, as was um, reiterated by another administration official. This is Brendan Mallory, who goes on to explain what the, the, these climate resources are actually all about, and it has nothing to do with the climate. Ultimately, this has to do with redistribution of wealth. And if you don't believe me, listen to the administration explain it to you in no uncertain terms. For the first time, the federal government has committed that 40% of the overall benefits of certain investments will flow to disadvantaged communities that are marginalized, have suffered from underinvestment, and are overburdened by pollution. That's what President Biden calls the Justice 40 initiative. From energy, clean energy and clean transit to affordable and sustainable housing to resilience and restoration, we're embedding environmental justice principles into the DNA of federal agencies and directing billions of dollars to where they are needed most. And that part she said at the end should make the hair on the back of your neck stand up where she was talking about embedding these principles into the DNA of government. Of federal agencies and direct resilience and restoration, we're embedding environmental justice principles into the DNA of federal agencies. And that's why leadership is so important, because they make the appointments in the unelected uh, positions in the bureaucracy that have a long term impact on how these administrations are run at every level of the federal and state government. So it's very insidious what's happening, um, you know, and very targeted and intentional by weaving these liberal ideologies into the federal government. They are going to you know impact the way the bureaucracy moves for decades to come, including, you know, institutionalizing this concept of wealth redistribution, which is a liberal Democrat's dream. Um, speaking of redistributing wealth, though, um, talking about a little bit more uh, what's going on abroad, you have the ongoing conflict with Israel, with Ukraine, and what's been happening is uh, proxy attacks from Iranian-backed groups against American troops in the Middle East, as well as helping to fund Hamas and the administration continuing to throw gasoline on the fire by allowing Iraq to purchase energy resources from Iran uh, to the tune of, I think it was something like $10 billion. And Matt Miller, a spokesman for the State Department, can't refute the idea that um, by giving these resources to Iran, they are freeing up other resources to continue endangering the lives of American, uh, American troops uh, through proxy attacks and Israeli citizens through backing Hamas. This money is going to be able to be used by Iran and that when they do use it and they use $1 million to buy medicine from of, of this money, that that frees up another million dollars that they, that they would have spent, they would have had to spend on this, you know, without without the, the sanctions waiver. 
I understand. I understand the argument. I don't agree with it, and here's why. If they were sitting on that $1 million, they would use it for their destabilizing activities to fund terrorism and deny medicine to their people. That's the point I'm making. And so to approve $1 million of, of say, medical transactions to benefit the Iranian people, we believe those are, are benefits to the Iranian people that they would not have otherwise gotten. So it's just a lost cause, then. You're just saying that they're going to they're, they're going to destabilizing activity I think, regardless I think, whether you give I th- them the waiver or not. I think that, that I think they are going they have shown that they are going to conduct destabilizing activities. Establishment, establishment, you always know what's best. You suck. Learn the rules. How gross is that for the administration to admit on tape they understand the mentality of Iran who would be willing to deny their citizens resources in order so they can fund attacks on American citizens, American troops, and Israeli citizens? Like, what? what is this? Well, you see, if they had a million dollars, they'd be spending that to endanger the world anyway. So by giving a million dollars to the Iranian people, we're not really helping fund terrorism abroad. We're just uh, benefiting the uh, 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 Iranian people for humanitarian purposes, something the administration aligned, the administration is sticking by that these resources they're freeing up for Iran are for humanitarian purposes only. Is there any concern about the uh, potential optics of, I guess, extending a sanctions waiver while um, Iranian proxy groups or are... Uh, hacking U.S. assets in the Middle East? We don't worry about optics. We worry about reality. And the reality is that these funds, as I said, can only be used for humanitarian and other non-sanctionable purposes. Wait. Wait, what did he say there at the end? And other non-sanctionable purposes. <laughs> non-sanctual purposes jesus i mean i i i don't feel that way iran that's that uh, you know keep keep that uh keep that to yourself guys anyway thanks for listening to 93 wibc we got more on the way um including <laughs> Um, now, of course, allegedly Mayor Hogshead has had his own problems, uh, as has uh, Jim Lucas. And now we have an elected uh, official in uh, a Democrat elected official in Georgia, a county commissioner who was caught completely intoxicated, rolling around, passed out on the ground in a pool of uh, some suspicious liquid. And we'll give you the details coming up next on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on The Circle, 93 WIBC. Catch my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com as well as Saturday Night on The Circle.fireside.fm. Producer Carl on the board, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. And I am your bespectacled curmudgeon, Ethan Hatcher, for another segment of uh, shame and dismay as the uh, society we live in seems to be circling the drain uh, towards the sewage 
bridge pipes of history at an ever uh, alarming, increasingly alarming pace. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Now, I, producer Carl, have had a few benders in my time, but I'm not sure any of them have ended so embarrassingly as to uh, make me miss the uh, uh, night that our uh, the city was rioted and falling apart. Uh, never once have I Dukes of Hazard style uh, jumped over the center median of uh, of a roundabout and uh, down an embankment of a highway across two lanes of traffic and through two barriers, driving the wrong way on an uh, on ramp to get back onto uh, a private or a state road and drive three miles down the road and park my vehicle behind a carpet store to try and hide evidence of my escapades. Never. Did that nor have i been found uh, outside of a sports bar lying on the ground in a pool of a mysterious liquid of unknown origin um but that is exactly what happened to democrat georgia county commissioner felicia franklin who was wasted if you find a, a dictionary and look up the definition of blank faced drunk you will find this Georgia County Commissioner uh, picture of her right there in your dictionary. We have an interaction with her and emergency uh, 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 assistance uh, 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 response um, nurses, uh, uh, ambulance uh, uh, staff members uh, who came to her aid as she was passed out on the ground, and this is how she treated her rescuers. We're all trying to help, baby. Felicia, honey, you fell down. You fell down. We want to make sure that you're okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. We got to make sure you're okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. Felicia, this is Patty. After a bit more screaming, the wind seems to go out of Felicia's sails, at least for now. Perhaps exhaustion is catching up to her. Even on the verge of sleep, however, she still manages to behave defiantly. Get him on my face! You gotta get him on my face! Ma'am, you're about you, to go to jail. I don't give a f Get him on my face! Yeah, you, do. you get him on my face! You get him out my face. You did not handle this properly. Go to the hospital. Get him to the hospital. Be quiet. Get him out my face. Because the hospital because the jail won't take you this drunk. I'm not that drunk. You can take me to the hospital. Get him out my face. 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 You call my father. You call anybody, but get him out my face. All right, we got you. Sad. Very sad. Sad. I think you'll agree, producer Carl. That was a that was rather intense an outburst from the county commissioner there. Yeah, I was thinking that we should cut a PSA and say, do not drink this much. Oh my goodness. The jail wouldn't take yeah, you this so drunk. drunk. They can't even take drunk. you to jail. I'm not that drunk. Just get it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, but we reward this kind of behavior. She, uh, She's no longer the vice chair of the county, so I guess there were some immediate consequences. But she's still an elected official, and... <laughs> 
and who knows um you know it's possible it's possible she may uh resign or she may serve out uh, and fulfill her term and not run for re-election but it's also incredibly likely uh that the voters would continue to support her um in spite of this behavior because that's just the kind of society that we are living in right now and i i think it was hilarious like again again we keep running into like is uh, is this kind of ridiculousness happening more frequently or is it just the fact that everything is on camera these days because we wouldn't know the details of felicia franklin's interactions if it wasn't for the insistence of many liberals thank thank goodness um uh for body cameras um on uh, emergency responders and thank goodness they do have the body cameras because now we are privy to these kind of interactions and we can see on a daily basis what we task these individuals to put up with uh in uh, uh in their jobs um and taking care of uh, these members of society so and, and that's not like that's not what you want to see from your elected officials this is an elected representative for the county of georgia and it's it's all over like we talked about i mean whether it's the republican uh uh, uh state rep uh, here in the state of Indiana or the mayor of Indianapolis or the county commissioner of Georgia. Um, it, it, we got real problems with uh, with alcohol abuse in this country. And you're right, producer Carl, a lot of this behavior should be used as a PSA warning for citizens to drink responsibly. Um, so that way you avoid humiliating and embarrassing yourself on this kind of scale. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. We're wrapping things up this evening, but I also wanted to touch on a Newsmax broadcast that uh, made an interesting drop about Kevin McCarthy, um, who is obviously upset that he was ousted from his position as House Speaker and now may be seeking retribution against the members who voted against him by financing uh, and fundraising for their uh, uh, political opponents. But... There are skeletons apparently lurking in the former speaker's closet that may prevent him from coming after Nancy Mace. He also has $17 million um, in an account um, that he'll be messing in a lot of people like mine and Nancy Mace's campaigns, I'm sure. And so, um, I don't know if you know, he does that with Nancy Mace. She could come back at him with some stuff that he doesn't want out there in yeah. the public, I think, if you oh. know what I'm saying. Yeah, she, she's already told me. She said, I hope he does that with me. And um, and she'll take care of him. She takes care of her own. But I. Now, the mind just races with possibilities as what could they possibly be referring to? It seemed like the reporter may be in on this. What information are they sitting on that we are not currently uh, in the in the loop for, Producer Carl? I mean, you know, is he is he making trips to Epstein Island? Did What's they going say on? There were sc- skeletons in his closet yeah 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 well uh, let's let's go back what 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 did he say that with nancy may she could come back at him with some stuff that he doesn't want out there in the public i think if you know what i'm saying yeah stuff that he doesn't want out there in yeah that could be anything though well yeah Yeah. i mean it could be anything it could be him colluding with democrats something that we've known for a long time i mean it could be you know obviously something less sinister than epstein island you know i mean or hell he could have murdered a secretary we we just don't know it's happened before check lake Lake, uh, chappaquiddick um <laughs> with these uh uh with these politicians you know you can't you can't trust them
Um, so who knows what could be uh, referencing there. But I, I thought that was an interesting drop there on Newsmax. Um, also, the current state of the economy. And this is something that was covered by Fox News. Perhaps an unsurprising result considering the pollster. But they're indicating there is still a complete lack of faith for uh, the administration to be able to ease economic tensions uh, on the part of voters. Um, he is completely underwater economically as he should be. The numbers tell a different story according to a new Fox poll which says 78% of voters view the economy negatively and 67% say the worst isn't over yet. President Biden's rating on handling inflation and higher prices is underwater by 40 points. The new survey reveals Republicans are seen as better able to handle top voter concerns such as inflation and safety-related issues like crime, national security, and terrorism. All anyone has to do is ask themselves, are you better off now than you were four or maybe five with the pandemic years ago? The answer resoundingly is no. We have not rebounded from the pandemic. In many ways, it's the, the, the same pressures are here. They've just normalized because we've become accustomed to them. The outrageous grocery bills are here to stay. The The prices have not gone down. Uh, consumer The consumer index has continued to raise, and although gas has fallen from its highest highs. It remains significantly higher than it was when President Trump was still in office because of the disastrous uh, policies that Joe Biden uh, has implemented that are hostile to energy production here in the United States. Um, now, of course, the issues where Democrats polled strongest um, were issues relating to uh, LGBT issues, uh, trans issues, and abortion rights. And the question remains whether Americans will find that to be more important um, of a metric for support in their uh, electoral decisions in the next cycle than uh, the election. I mean, James Carville once famously said, uh, it's the economy, stupid. But so many uh, once thought to be commonly, you know, held, common, commonly held wisdom um, is not proven to be true in uh, uh, modern political calculus. So, you know, whether that remains true, I don't know. I mean, uh, you would think that the economy is one of the most important factors in how your life runs here in America, but um, voters have often shown themselves to be fickle, and who knows how they will uh, respond in 2024. Once we finally have the Republican nominee figured out, um, we'll see how that unfolds. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Wrapping things up, coming up next, so stay tuned to Saturday Night on The Circle. is Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for the final segment of the show, wrapping things up for a Saturday evening here on Saturday Night on The Circle. Thanks for tuning in, spending time with us, offering your feedback on the YouTube uh, stream. Do appreciate your interaction and support. And, of course, producer Carl making his proud return to the show. I think, producer Carl, you may be the first producer, if you stick around long enough, who gets not one, but two 
goodbyes with the sad walking away music from the Incredible Hulk show in the 1970s. I, this, this never happened before, producer Carl. You're you're like the the prodigal son. You were lost, but now you're found again. You have returned, and I'll take you back. I'm I'm like the dad in that parable. You know, I don't I don't care that you sinned and you left me for other shows. Come back, it's fine. You know, and I I don't think we have an an analogous producer to the brother. Like, well, I've been here the whole time. Screw that guy. Screw Carl. No, no, no. Come back, prodigal Carl. Come back. We 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 want you back here on uh, on the show. It's run so much more smoothly. Everything has gone way better. Don't you agree, audience? We have I, we have about four minutes left. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> Don't jinx it. I'm r- running out of time. Um, well, before we we end the show, um, <clears throat> I did want to cover. This is a bit of sad news. Um, something that I'm I want to do. Carl knows I like talking about death in the uh, final segments of the show. Um, but uh, sadly, uh, Rosalind Carter, a former first lady of the United States, wife of Jimmy Carter, uh, has entered into hospice care there in Plains, Georgia. This, according to uh, their grandson, what was it? I believe uh, Jason Carter. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, grandson, grandson uh, uh, Jason Carter, asking uh, for the family to uh, have some privacy uh, in this time. And Jimmy Carter, um, <laughs> obviously terrible president, but uh, post-presidential career was actually fairly admirable, like a man who lived uh lived his principles um and 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 supported them through his lifestyle like the actions that he made with uh, the Carter Center to remove uh, the guinea worm which was a terrible parasite uh, that that caused blindness in many third world countries nearly completely eradicated because of uh, help with uh, Jimmy Carter um, funding efforts and scientists uh, to combat that terrible scourge and it's I, I believe been completely eliminated um, his work with Habitat for Humanity and as much as we talk about uh, limited government and providing an alternative to the welfare state few people do as much as jimmy carter did to provide that uh, community support at the ground level like not a good president at all but a fantastic post-presidential career and now life is winding up for both of them i actually got to meet um you'll like this since you're a, a traveler as well producer carl got uh, got to meet uh president uh carter on a couple different occasions i used to have a friend in college um who was very interested in meeting a whole panoply of political figures we we went and got our photos taken and autographs and and met different political figures uh from uh, uh presidential administrations uh in in recent history and former presidents uh, including tried to get our photo with uh former president george bush but he was a little bit hard to get to because of advanced age jimmy carter on the other hand extremely friendly uh he used to teach sunday school at uh, maranatha baptist church there in plains georgia and even as an atheist i sat in uh, polite attendance uh for his sunday school uh <laughs> sunday school teaching and jimmy carter you know again not not really a good politician or uh, president but a fantastic human being in his post-presidential career Unfortunately, that is all the time we have, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And so I leave you with my parting words of wisdom, as always, wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing, remember that life is a state of mind. And I'll see you next week on 93 WIBC.